How are you all doing? I have a family update to share with you. This has been a good year for Oikos as a church, as a family. We, if you don't realize this, Oikos has been involved in the past four years in two church plants, and we are planning, it's in the books, to plant another church next fall. I'm excited about that. Are you guys excited about that? The other thing that I don't know if you realize, but our missional communities, about every month, at least, and this is low numbers, 100 people have come through homes. And of those 100 people, many of them, I would say probably about 40%, do not have a church home. That when they walk into that house of one of our missional community leaders, they get to walk into what we would say a house of peace, where they get to experience Jesus face to face. Is that not awesome? You guys are, I know it's cold. But I think these are good things to share. There's also some things last Sunday as a covenant family we came together. Just a reminder, you can be a part of the covenant family whenever you want to. You just simply look at the covenant, you pray over it, you sign it, and you are a part of the covenant family. We re-sign the covenant every year. And the reason why I do that is because I want to make sure that your hearts are tuned in to what the Lord would want you to do. Because we want to have hearts that are gracious, hearts that are not doing things out of obligation, but hearts that are saying, this is where the Lord wants me right now. And so we re-sign every year. We do that in about March. But you can sign in February. And yes, if you sign in February, I'll say you're going to have to re-sign in March. So you may want to just wait till March. But you can sign anytime. That's the way we do things because you are welcome to do that at any time. Because there's no restrictions. As soon as the Lord says, be a part of the covenant family, just do it. For all of you who are not part of the covenant family, we would consider everyone sitting here right now part of our committed family. You have committed to be here today for whatever reason. Whether you haven't been here for a while or you feel like you only show up every once in a while, he has drawn you into this family. We are glad and proud of that. What we approved last week as a covenant family is that we approved the budget. Isn't that exciting? I know you're not excited, but what we did with the budget is that we looked at it and the reality of our budget right now is that what we projected, now this is very, what we projected, what we prayed about and said, we think the Lord will provide this amount every year of Oikos history, which is not a long history, we've always exceeded that amount. Last year, we decided to stretch it, and we are below our projection. Now, that sounds like bad news, right? We're 50,000 below. That's, see, I got some eyebrow raises. However, all the bills are paid. That's good news, right? All the bills are paid. We're not closing the doors. We're not, I'm not... I'm not quitting, Jason's not being fired, Sylvie's still employed. Everything is still moving forward. We did pay our heat and air conditioning bill. So this is the thing. Where we saved is that Jason did a great job of making sure that worship costs, what we do on a Sunday morning, were drastically below what we projected. We tried to save money there. We save money on not doing some leadership training that we had planned on doing. 
We also didn't hire someone to help with the finances, which is something that we thought that when we got to a certain level, we would need. But we we're able to do it. So I'm asking for some grace if you see some mistakes or something happens because that's one of the things that we cut. But we also saved on those things. And so when we look at these little like facility upgrades, there might be some things that you go, why haven't they done that yet? Uh, we're supposed to have space heaters all around. For whatever reason, this section of the church isn't working right now. Those little upgrades we kind of cut back on. So that's info for you to just kind of know the reality of where we're at. So what do we have before us? It's a little cold in here, and we're aware, so we are going to change out the HVAC. That's going to cost about just piddly, like it's 140000 <laughs> So we knew when we anticipated when a, a year ago when the Covenant family came together, we said we're going to approve to expend up to 250000 on renovating this facility. That was part of our plan. We were hoping that if things could go further, that maybe we could do like a central bathroom place and some other things with, that's not going to happen right now because we're going to spend that money instead on the HVAC. Everyone okay with that? <laughs> we hope to have it completed before the end of January. So that's a little bit on that. Right now, just financially stating, so that's about 140. Um, we owe the district to help us start Oikos. They gave us a $200,000 gift that we repay over 20 years at 0% interest. We owe them still about 170. And we have spent about 75,000 of that 250 on renovations thus far. That equals to about 385,000 that we currently owe low interest rate, but we are paying it back. And we try to pay it back more than what we anticipate each year. So if we are able to, and this is, what is your part in this? So I would love, these are the things I'd love to see. i love to see us meet our budget even this year. That's what I'd love to see. I would love for us to meet our budget next year. We are projecting a budget the same. I'm still getting raised eyebrows, like, you crazy? But I, I believe that as a family, we can do it. I believe that when we, as a family, allow our hearts to be turned to God, He'll show us the way. When we're awake to what He's doing. I believe that we can pay off this 385000 sooner than we anticipate. And we're just going to give thanks. I believe also that not only will he move us to do that, but in the process, he's going to heal our hearts. He is going to heal those areas that may be vacant or deserted or fearful and will be a stronger family. I believe this. We give more when we believe who God really is. It's hard to give if you don't believe in the one and who he is. It's just hard to do that. 
I mean, if a stranger comes knocking at your door and says, hey, can you give me $1,000? And you don't know him or her, what is our natural response? You close the door. Well, I think, and maybe I'm totally off, but I think sometimes when God does the same request, because we haven't been engaging as much, or because we've closed our heart off, we see him as a stranger requesting instead of our good, good father. I believe we give more when we really believe who God is. And I believe also that we give more when we talk about what giving looks like with each other. I am against our culture that says finance is off the subject. Don't talk about how much you make. Don't talk about how much you give. Don't talk about this or that. So I'm going to just talk about it right now. You ready? So this morning, I felt like there were two things that were on my heart. One is that I know that we're 55 or 50,000 in the hole. Maybe we'll be 55, I'm not sure. 50,000 anticipated. And I thought, well, 50 families would make, that would mean $1,000 per family. Well, initially I thought, that's a lot. And then I kind of heard the Lord saying, well, you can do that. And so the Lytles were going to commit $1,000 to that 50. But we went to a great thing last night, and it was about helping hands in Houston, about little babies. And they're also, they're looking for 200 people to give 1,000 so that they can go. And you've seen these kids, right? Alina's one of them. We've seen, I don't, how many kids have we seen, Michelle, come through here? 11. 11 kids that would have been on the street. And Sarah and I, I hadn't talked to Sarah. This is all my shower time, just FYI. (laughs) And so then I said, well, we'll commit to that too. What we give on a yearly basis to Oikos is about almost 20,000. We try to give 1,600 a month. And you can look up my salary and you can look up Sarah's salary. We're not, I'll just tell you, we're not making 200000 That's what we do. I'm sharing this not so that you can go, oh, well, the Lytles give this much. But if a public school teacher and a pastor can give, I believe you can too. I want your hearts to be healed, though, because I know if you give because you think, oh, Aaron's going to ask me, and you give out an obligation, that's the wrong way. And it's not going to feel good. And you're going to walk away going, ah, why did I give that away? And I'll tell you, that's a normal response. Because guess what? I got out of the shower and I said, Sarah, I think this is what we should do. I think the Lord said, this is what we should do. What do you think? Sarah's like, we were able to stay in our house when we thought everything was going to kick us out. So we should do this. It means we'll make some sacrifices for this next year, but that's okay. And you know what? You know it doesn't take that long for us to drive over here. Before we got out of the car, it's going, now are you sure we should do this? Because if I announce this, then it makes it a little bit more real. 
and we actually need to do it. Because in my mind, maybe you do this too. I bet you do this, Art. You begin calculating what money you do have and what it looks like. Art's a banker, if you don't know. And then you start thinking, is it actually going to work? Well, what is that? Doubt, fear. And we don't like to say it, but a lot of times selfishness, right? Because I'm thinking, well, I'd like to do something else, maybe. And then we recommitted. Now, guess what? There's still another commitment because we haven't written the check. But I'm speaking to it with you because guess what that, what that does? Boy, I don't want to have to look Art in the face and have him go, I'm so glad the Lord talked to you and that you guys are sacrificing your giving. And have me go, hmm, well, we didn't do it yet, right? Because I want to have an honest relationship. So I want to encourage us that these are the things that I think we can do as a family. But I also know that even when we project something, that isn't God's word. That's just something that we think we might do. But his reality is that he will take care of this family and he has done great things already. And we can be thankful for that. But as he awakes our hearts, I think that's what the word is for today. So let's get into the Bible. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make, straight, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken, a voice said. Shout, I asked, what should I shout? Shout that the people are like grass, their beauty fades as quickly as flowers in a field. The, the grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. As I read through this passage this week, the, the part that hit me the most, speaking about our hearts waking up for him, was right here. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. 
So be woke. The first thing of being woke is just simply listening. Right? Last night, Sarah and I were watching a show, and I was talking to her about the show, and then I realized she was sleeping. <laughs> she wasn't woke. <laughs> we were watching a show. It was intense. I was like, oh, my gosh, did you just see what just happened? And there was no response, and it was intense, so I kept on watching, and it was like, oh, my, and I, she was out. This morning, I poked her, and I said, do you realize you fell asleep again? She goes, oh, I know. <laughs> and I said, this is what happened. She goes, what? I missed that? For some of us, it's hard for us to see Jesus coming, the son of righteousness, because our hearts are asleep, or at least parts of them are asleep, or they are tired. Maybe they're tired because your life is a wilderness, or that part of your heart has become a wilderness. What makes a wilderness? It's when we keep it unkept. We don't touch it. If you look through the city, sometimes there's vacant lots. What do they look like? That's the image that I see. A vacant lot that hasn't been touched, and now they're asking or for you to see the Lord. You've got to go through it. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a service group that has gone out and cleared out those vacant lots, but when you clear them out, it's amazing what you find. There's trash, there's some things that you can't believe that are in there. Sometimes it's scary, right? It's so tall. The weeds are so overgrown. Well, the Lord says to wake up your heart here, you got to clear out a path to go through it. It means you're going to have to be diligent in looking into that place where you don't want to go. And how do things get that way, right? How do your heart or how do those parts of your heart get looking like a wilderness? Well, maybe envy grows or bitterness grows. Because not only can it be a wilderness between you and the Lord, but maybe it's a wilderness between you and other people here. That you have just tried to shove that off into the corner and say, I don't need to be in that lot. I don't need to go that way. I want to leave it. And it becomes a very unwelcoming place. Maybe your life is not a wilderness. Maybe it is a wasteland. And maybe you identify with this better. Maybe weeds and stuff haven't grown. In fact, it's so dead that nothing is there. You have shut it down so far that you are like, there's nothing. And you stand there and you look at this expanse and you go, I don't think I can get to the other side. It's too dead. I don't think I can make it. Maybe you've been away from the Lord for such a long time. Maybe you haven't heard his voice for such a long time. 
that when he knocks at your door, he looks like a stranger. Or perhaps your life is more like constant valleys, hills, and mountains. And when I speak of mountains here, I'm not talking about mountaintop experiences. But instead, everything's hard. Like, things seem easy, but then all of a sudden you look up and you're at the bottom of the valley and you got to go back up, and it's hard. Or you look and the mountain's beautiful, but when you actually start climbing it, I mean, I'm thinking of an experience with the Lefevers when we climbed a, a mountain, and the things were great in the morning, and then Kendra got sick, and in the middle of it, it was hard, right? And life is hard. And you don't know how you're going to get through that. And sometimes in the middle of it, you go, I don't know if God is even with me in this because it's so hard. So how do we straighten out these curves? How do we make a path through the wilderness? How do we get on a highway that takes us through the deadness that's in our heart? Well, I believe, and this is from our family update, it begins by knowing the character of the one who created us. I don't know if you looked up last night, but if you looked up from our house out in the night sky, we were able to see almost 20 stars. We never see that many stars. When you go out further, though, right, you see the expanse of what God has created. And when you think about it, he has been not only in the creation of those stars, but for every star that has died or fallen, he's seen every one. And this God who has all this in his hands is personal enough to look at you and know your name and tell you that you matter, that your family matters, that your church matters to him, that your city matters to him, that one prayer can change what seems like destruction into a complete transformation. It starts by knowing who he is, that he holds everything that seems so hard when you're in those times when everything seems to be against you, that he's stepping in it with you. That he can turn a wasteland into life. Even when you think there's no way, no way for him to touch this. That he can clear that wilderness, all that stuff, the envy, the bitterness, the, the junk in your heart, he can take that out and restore it. It comes with a simple moment when you turn to him and know that this great, powerful God, who we celebrate his birth, his coming, that we wake up knowing that he loves us, that this big, powerful awesome father will bend down and listen to you. David says in Psalm 116, I love the Lord 
because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Knowing the character of God, when you know how much he loves us and how important he sees each of us, makes repentance a lot easier. Because instead of owning up to what you did wrong, right? Or how you failed or how you messed up or your stupid thing that you did, right? Instead of owning up to someone who's going to lose it, right? Have you guys ever done that with your parents? I lost it this morning. Daisy, our dog, she ate an ornament off the tree and then she started to throw up. All I wanted to do is drink my coffee and have a quiet morning. And I lost it. I started going, I was yelling. And normally you'd see my character and you don't think I yell that much, but boy, I was loud. I was like, you stupid dog. <laughs> and I'm spraying the stuff because I'm like, it's going to ruin our freaking floors that you already ruined because of your stupid claws. Everything was stupid about Daisy. I lost it. Well, who wants to repent to someone like that, right? I mean, you don't want to be slapped around. I didn't slap her around. I wanted to. But when you see God like that, which so many of us have seen our parents lose it. When you see us like that, when you see God like that, you don't want to repent because you're fearful, you're scared that he's going to come with vengeance on you or he's going to shame you or call you stupid, right? Put you in your kennel. Lock you up. But instead, our father, according to David, says that he can love him because he hears his voice, not a voice in prayer about acclamation of how great he is, how God is so great, not a prayer and voice about how much he loves David, but instead, you see, for mercy. Well, the only reason why you need mercy is because you need to repent. So our God invites us that I'm not going to flip out on you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to guide you. But I'm not going to flip out on you. This transformation, when you begin to understand the character of our Father, allows us to repent with boldness. And go, hey, this thing, I want out. This vacant lot in my heart, I want it cleared. This abyss of deadness, I want to see life. 
I want my posture to see that everything is so hard to be changed, to see that in everything you're with me. This transformation allows us to stay woke. It allows us to become dreamers again of a great future instead of a broken past. It allows us to be woke and then shout to the mountaintops that we have a God who really cares and does things, not just in the future, but right now. And that's why we tell stories to one another about what God is doing in our lives right now, whether it has to do with our finances or it has to do with our relationships or it has to do with how we're succeeding or what we're learning about walking with God and the peace that comes from it. Your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him when he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with her, with, with her young. The, our God is coming again, and he is coming in power. And when he comes again, He's calling out to us to know him as, his, as our father, to know his character. Because when you know the character of the father, you know his heart. And when you know his heart, you can come to him in repentance. And your heart can be renewed. And when your heart is renewed, it can be awakened to shout about who our God is. If you need healing for your heart today, I'm going to be here. I'm going to invite some other people. You don't have to be an elder of the church. If you feel led this morning to pray over other people, I want you just to stand up, go somewhere so that people can come to you and pray. But as a family, let's pray for healing. We can look at 10,000 budgets, and honestly, it won't matter if our hearts aren't healed. I can tell you, take a risk, give, and guess what? It won't matter because you're going to be too scared to give. So it starts with our hearts being healed so we can step forward into a future that's with God instead of a scary one where we're not sure where he's at. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us this day to come to you. We ask that you would awaken our hearts. We thank you for this cold building kept us awake. It allowed us to realize that sometimes all the comforts of our day-to-day -day things, our HVAC, our, the heater, the things that we sometimes depend on more than you, it allows us to see you more when they're taken away. Lord, I pray that this message of you caring so much about our, heart, our hearts that they would be awakened, that you would grab onto us gently and tenderly and pull us close to your heart. May we leave this place today with the beginnings of our hearts being healed. 
wherever we have those vacant lots, Lord, wherever we have a place that has been abandoned to death, wherever we have a place in our heart that seems that things are just too hard for us to do, Lord, may you speak into it. And may we listen to your voice and respond. In your name we pray, amen.